I have news for you. I have news. What, what we're seeing right now in healing is just a twilight. In, in worship, God just showed, and then it was just like a twilight. Like, if you get afraid that your sun is not going to rise, I have news for you, it will. If you feel that nothing is going to shift, I have news for you that it will. Because God is able. So in this twilight moment, we're going to start to see the brilliance of God, like the rising of the sun in our midst. You'll, you'll not even expect the level of the, you know, I always used to pray, God, that I may see the sun at the zenith with my eyes. It's in Psalms. And because you say it's like, you know, your, your glory shall be like the noonday sun. And God, I want to see that. So we, we, we are just at that twilight. So just join with me right now in prayer. Because I just believe that we just have to see it in and just say, God, we believe, oh God. So, Father, we just come to you, O oh God, this morning, O oh God, and we thank you. We thank you, O oh God, for healing, O oh God. Oh, Pastor Easy, O oh God. And, Father, we just thanking you, O oh God, that everything, O oh God, is worth the sound, O oh God, from our lips, O oh God, with thanksgiving, O oh God. We come to you, God, with thanksgiving, O oh God, and we are believing, O oh God, that in this twilight moment, O oh God, of our life, O oh God, that we are stepping in, O oh God, into a new day, O oh God. We are stepping in, O oh God, where the questions are, O oh God, that we do not know where we are going, how we are going, O oh God, but, Lord, we trust in you, oh God. So this morning, oh God, we put our trust in you, Jesus. And we just thank you for what you're going to do, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for sporadic and radical miracles, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for cancers to be healed, oh God. We thank you for limbs to grow, oh God. We thank you for blind eyes, oh God, to see, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that the deaf, deaf will hear, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that the mute will speak, oh God. We thank you that even like toes and every kind of growth, oh God, that are required, oh God, in physical bodies, oh God, will happen, oh God. So every major organ, oh God, say so right now, oh God, release that healing, oh God. Release that healing, oh God. Every major organ, oh God, every liver, every kidney, every even gum, everything, oh God, right now, oh God, in Jesus' name, oh God, every blood, blood impurity, oh God, we release healing, oh God, we release healing, receive your healing, receive your healing, he is willing. He is willing. Receive your healing. It doesn't matter. Brittany, I thought of your dad for his kidney, oh God. So right now, release that healing to his kidney in Jesus' name, oh God. Doesn't matter how it looks. Doesn't matter what they say. We release that right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah. This is our bread. This is our bread. Mm. We just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you. If I, it just feels like just simmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Yeah, I love you guys. Oh, Jesus. I love that song. I love, I love, I love your presence. It's okay to encounter the presence of God than my mumblings. <laughs> my mumblings you can't take to the bank. But his word from God you can take. Because he never fails. He's beautiful. <laughs> you are beautiful, Jesus. We adore you.
We adore you, Jesus. We love your presence. Jesus. A few weeks ago, John was preaching on to know him. And I love that message, John. And Cammy, your messages are not bad. Your messages are funny. You do stuff that I can't do. I don't make people laugh a lot. <laughs> like, you know, there's always tears, not tissue. <laughs> but your messages are good. You know, so don't put yourself down. You don't need to. Yeah. So John's message was about knowing him. And there's one thing I loved about it was that it was sincere. It was very sincere. Like, you know, he said that it doesn't matter whether you go and you've raised the dead, whether you, you know, do miracles or whatever, but you have to know him. And, and it's very funny. I, one of the first things I wrote out of worship was, you know the ten lepers that Jesus healed? Only one came back, but the one didn't stay too. <laughs> so when you're thinking that you're going to do all these miracles and people are going to stay, <laughs> I have news for you. In the Bible, it doesn't say that. Right? So when you're praying for healing revival, it's better they encounter the presence of God, receive their miracle, and whatever God does. I'm being very honest. It's in the Bible. They didn't come and follow Jesus. The ten lepers didn't. I tell people, I've given people prophetic words where I've said that they're going to have kids. I basically like stuff. And they never ever came back to church. And that's fine with me, because my job was to, hey, release the word. As I release it, more will come. But in this, I enjoy God. So one of the things John said is, I, you know, enjoy God. You know, for the longest time, I've never told this to anybody. On my tombstone, I want it written, here lies a man who enjoyed God. The ultimate pleasure for my life is to enjoy God. It was not about he raised 10 million, 100 million, he donated this. Doesn't matter. That's all rubbish. To me, it's rubbish. To you, it may be your greatest pleasure. But to me, my greatest treasure is basically that you lies a man who enjoyed God. Every moment of mine, like how John, it's funny, John remembers more things that I say than I remember myself. He says, I'm never alone in the car because I have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with me, and I always enjoy their presence. It is true. I say, we are going. When I say we, we are going. It's not sometimes even quote is there, but we are going because I enjoy the presence of God so much that I make it a very genuine thing. It's like, hey, God, we are going. You know, If I go here and I preach and you're not here, it's useless. So I prefer that he comes than I basically show up. You know, so... To enjoy God, you need to spend time with him. You need to know his likes and dislikes. What we don't understand is that we are trying that seven and a half minute, how we watch TV, we are trying to do in seven and a half minutes, oh, let me show up to church. Oh, and yeah, I know God. I know of God. That's what you have to underline. I know of God. I don't know God. Uh -huh. your, your, your definitions and all have to change. You have to be very much more serious where you say that, oh, I know God. Really? Do you really know God? Then you know the fire and the, uh, the glory of God when it comes, what it does. 
because you won't stand in that presence. You'll burn. I have news for you. You have to be very, what do you say, specific about what you say about what your relationship with God is. Cut the show. Cut the show. I'm sorry. You can say you're Christian and you come and stand in this place once a week. Cut the show. That's not what a Christian is. I, I'm sorry. I love you. I love you all. And that's why I told you. I preface my message with love. I love you. But hey, when the word is, the word is what the word is. You have to deliver the word the way it is in God's heart. Like I'll tell you something very funny. Last week, right, in worship, I felt the pleasure and the joy of Jesus so much that he was like, I can explain to you, he was so radiant, he was so happy, he was like in a wedding. Okay? And I seen this in worship. And there was so much joy that I just wanted to love on him more and just worship because he was enjoying it. Not because I was enjoying it, not because I liked the songs that were playing. It's not all that. I'm sorry. It was because in his face, there was so much joy that I got caught up with that and I wanted to just please him. Not I just wanted to do what I want to do and show up and do what I want to do. That's I, 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 I. I'm sorry, that I has to die. Your I will die, it will crumble, it will be nothing. There will be nothing before Jesus. There will be nothing. Huh. Yeah. We have to learn to be with him for extended periods of time. That's one thing I have learned. If you think you're coming here for 30 minutes on a Sunday, and you think you're just going to say, I have enough of God I need for this week, nah, you barely even tasted. <laughs> Forget about tasting in prayer, because prayer basically is a lot of travail, a lot of spending time with Him. Because you won't know how to pray. You just pray what you want, because you'll have this wish list. God, give me this, give me a house, give me a car, give me gold, give me silver, give me that. And you're like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And that's all you'll have. But you'll never have eternal salvation. Think of it. Hey, this is for all of you. Okay? It doesn't matter who you are. It's for me also. It doesn't matter how saved I've been, how multiple times I've been to the altar. But I have to evaluate my life with this on a daily basis. Am I spending time with him? If I'm spending more time on a phone call than with Jesus, question. You see, we, we have to be that, what do you say? I would call it unforgiving, but we have to treat ourselves like that sometimes. That's the self-buffeting. You basically are causing yourself to, hey, make you more aware. I'm spending more time ministering to people than I'm spending with Jesus. Wow, you're doing a great thing. Good. Maybe you get that, but at the end it will say, I don't know you. That's what John said. No, don't blame me. John said that scripture. <laughs> Right? John said it. It's like, you'll do all these miracles, you'll do all these things, you'll say, I did this for you, God. And he said, eh, I don't know you. And he doesn't even, like, I don't know what's he, I have to see him say it. Like, you know, how he would say it. And then I'll tell you what it sounds like. You know, to me, it, I'd be like, eh, like, you know. Like, I, like, even with the hand, like, you know, like, go away, I don't know you. The ultimate purpose of our lives as Christians is to be like Jesus, is to be like Christ. Know him is the initial part of it. When you get saved, you come to know him. 
but the ultimate goal of our lives on a daily basis is at the end of our lives to be like Jesus. If I basically started, I got saved, and I'm still using cuss words, and I'm still living a lifestyle which is like not really worthy of Jesus, am I really be becoming a Christian? We have to be very open with that. Is that what you... When did you get saved, Cammy? Okay. So say, okay, I got saved 25 years ago. Okay. So let's go. I'll give you a number, 25. Okay. 25 years ago, if my lifestyle was something and has not changed, has not changed to become more like Jesus, then means I am in sin. I have, I'm still wanting to be like him. But that's where the progressive it, every day we ask for grace, we ask for his glory, we go from glory to glory, we go from grace to grace, until the day we die, until we meet him. So, you know, there was, we, we were reading the Bible. This is how crazy it was. As a group, we were reading a Bible. Mm, Ephesians 4, 19 to 21. Okay. Okay. I'll read it from the Amplified. And they, the ungodly in their spiritual apathy, have become callous and unfeeling, have given themselves over as prey to unbridled sensuality, eagerly craving the practice of every kind of impurity that their standards may demand. But you did not learn Christ in this way. You know, it's exclamation. If in fact you have really heard him and have been taught by him just as truth is in Jesus, revealed in his life and personified in him. The first part of it is the spiritual apathy. It's not just the ungodly. I have news for you. The church has sometimes gone into a spiritual apathy. We basically come into church and we don't feel the enthusiasm. We just come because we have to come. We don't feel that enthusiasm, God's going to show up. We're like, eh, I'm just going to come. I'll meet friends, we'll go out for lunch, we'll talk about stuff, we'll drink coffee, eat our little crepes, and we'll go home. And that's the end of my Sunday. The real true enthusiasm of a church is where you come here, you want to bring your praise. It doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what hard place you are, whether you have wept all night, but you want to bring your praise and you want to say, God, I just want to be here. You, you know how much it means to me that even when I was paralyzed, so this left hand, right, I don't have full mobility. But to even lift my hand, to, to me, it meant the most. It may not mean much to you because you could, you know, do what you want. You're responsible for your life. To me, it meant like, God, I'm living today. I may not be able to praise tomorrow, but hey, I'm giving you my all. That's all I wanted to do. That's my sacrifice of praise. What is your sacrifice of praise? What will you bring and what will you have, you have to show and say, hey, God, I just want to love you because I want to just give you the best. What is your sacrifice? And that's where the enthusiasm has gone. Right? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Is your enthusiasm still there? Are you still happy like, oh my God, God's going to come. I don't know how I'm going to pray. But I know that his presence is able to, in a moment, change this whole room. We sing that song, he walks into this room and everything changes. Do you know that how minutely I wait to hear that sound of him coming into this room? My, my heart just wants to hear that, because in that, 
everything is free, open game. And when he comes into this room, I don't care whether you have AIDS. I don't care if they say it's incurable. I don't care because he is able. Jesus is able. I'm not healing you. I have news for you. None of you are healing anybody. It's Jesus who's healing through you. So get that right. Christians. Huh. Do you know the word Christians basically means little Christ? You know, so we, we like to say God. We try to move people from God to say, start saying Jesus. What if I got you to another place, say Christ? Christ, you know? Because he went from Jesus when he died, got crucified, died, buried, took the authority back, and came back. He was Christ crucified. He was the Christ. The Christ, the anointed one. The one who paid the price. The one who went to hell, bought our liberty back. Do you have this picture? I just asked Dan to put a picture of a cross. That's a little small picture, but hey. Sometimes you need something to anchor yourself. You, you see, when we came to this cross, do, can you put two things at, at the same time? Like, can you put a scripture verse? No, okay. Ephesians 4.20, I'll read it. But you did not learn Christ in this way. Okay? What way did you meet Christ? To every person in this place, when you met Jesus, what was the way that you met Jesus? Think of it. Because that is a very important thing. Where did you meet Jesus and what did you basically see him as? Did you just see him as your savior? Hey, help me. Like, you know, we all met him. Some people had need. And that's why I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of people come with need to Jesus, but never stay the whole course. Because once they got the answer, they went back to do what they wanted to do. They didn't really want Jesus. They just wanted a fix to their solution. That's it. They just wanted Jesus to come, help me, take me across, heal my sickness, get me the house, get me the husband, get me whatever I wanted. You know, and we basically walk to that place where we are just saying, okay. You're my wish list, and you're my Christmas tree, and here's my list, and I stick it on the Christmas tree, and God, now you provide. We, we basically go to this cross knowing that he, the Son of God, okay? Let me preach to you a gospel which you may have not heard. So for everybody in this place, I'm not disrespecting you. I'm not telling you that you do not know what, I'm, what Jesus is about, what the cross is about, but I'm just making sure in your hearing that you know that Jesus was the Son of God. People say he was a good man. People say he was a prophet. Different religions believe differently. But Jesus was the Son of God and is the Son of God. He died for us sakes. He died for the sins. He had no sin. And without sin, without blemish, he went and died. He was crucified on that cross. There was nothing fancy, nothing good looking, no gold trim and anything on that. Though he was the king of kings. It was just written, King of the Jews. Huh. That's all. And Pilate refused to take it down. But he died. And when he died, he didn't make a promise to us saying, Hey, if I die, I'm going to get you the house. If I die, I'm going to get you the business. If I die, I'm going to get you your healing. No, he said that I am dying so that I'm bringing you back to know the Father. He became that sacrifice that we could be one with the Father again.
one thing he wanted you to know him you know when he cried on the cross the worst time was when he was separated from the father when that sin became so much that the father even refused to look at in his direction that's when he hurt the most does that hurt you when you're sinning does that hurt you when you feel like eh i don't need jesus today let me go play my own games does that separation cause you to cry like jesus cried i want you to know this because that's the cross we we don't preach this gospel because it's not comfortable we don't preach this saying hey jesus died and there was no barter that jesus would die so that you would have all the requirements you know pastor easy preaches one thing seek the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all the rest will be added unto you everybody else goes seek what all you want and let's take god at the side and make him a side dish maybe a salad which i don't really eat and i eat it once in a while when the doctor wants me to eat it that's how we treat jesus christ was not die he never died for us to treat him like a side dish or an appetizer or something no he is the main course he is the reason why we live he is the reason why we breathe he is the reason jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we may be restored back to the father there's one thing and you said this right i don't care what you have made the gospel about i don't care what you have made this cross about it could be maybe just fashion that you have the cross just for fashion and it's offensive to people the cross this, the, the spirit of this age loves to get offended how many of you all don't get offended put your hands up <laughs> okay may may you cast the first stone then <laughs> but but we 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 love getting offended oh he said that to me oh, i can't believe he preached that oh i can't believe he dressed like that oh i can't believe they talk like that we love to get offended we have made this this is the spirit of the age and i have news for you Jesus on that cross was unoffended of how they poked him how they prodded him how they spat on him how they gave him even wine they forced him to drink wine with vinegar Jesus was unoffended he said father forgive them for they know not what they do can you do that can i bring you to that point where i'm saying that hey you love to get offended now let me tell you something he was unoffended can you be a christian like him yeah that's where we are going that's where we are walking that's where we are talking that's where we are living we are saying jesus until that is not formed in us we have no what do you say ability of our own saying that um oh, i'm good i'm good my relationship with god is good you only have received salvation that you're going to heaven that's the only thing when you receive salvation but you have missed out of knowing more about him do you want to know him in his suffering How many of you all want to know him in his suffering? When he trusts you with his suffering, he has brought you in inside. When when somebody is going through stuff and they really share their sufferings with you, they really trust you and he brings us inside and he said this is what is, is troubling me. I want to go to that place. Do you? Do you want to go to that place is like know him in his suffering? or do you want to only know him in his plenty where there's goshen and you're happy and there's like you know the name it and claim it scriptures do you want to know him in his suffering yeah we we become consumer christian i'm sorry we want 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 but what do you want to give all he asks us is to give worship 
Give him your love. Do you have time for that? Just our evaluation of ourselves has to come to this place where we are like, hey, we are ruthless. We are ruthless because this is what we want to be. We want to be like him. He was ruthless. He didn't care what day or night looked like. He just prayed. He just loved on his father and he prayed. Oh, that's just the beginning. <laughs> I'll be there. Okay. Let, let me tell you something. In 1997, this may be the first three scripture, uh, prophetic words of my life, okay? So this guy comes. He was like Pastor Samachian. Pastor Samachian speaks Malayalam. And so this guy also spoke Malayalam, and like we were having a house meeting, and he came to our house. I was not saved at that time. So he comes, he sits down, you know, he makes me sit down, and I don't know if you know Indian Pentecostal is like they clap their hands and all. So they like, you know, like that's their style of worshiping and all. And then he goes, do not forget, for I have chosen you as my chalice. That's all I needed, really. But he goes on. I have a purpose with you. The harvest is big, but the laborers are few. I have something to be done through you. You have been chosen for apostolic ministry. Do not forget that I am the Lord who has chosen you. So during these days, leave all the unwanted involvements and come to my feet. I will guide you and my grace will be with you. I'll make you work wonders. I'll give you visions and prophetic messages. I will take care of you. That day you will ask the Lord, do I deserve such love? And then this last part was very important. During the past when the devil had tried to destroy you, when you were in your mother's womb itself, the devil tried to destroy you, but my hands have delivered you. You know, in this, I wrote down, like this morning I just sat and I said, that encounter, what was the most needed things to me? I never grew up with my father around me. I don't know if you know that. My dad was there, but my dad and mom lived in Kuwait. I didn't grow up with the father around me. So I didn't have the luxury that most people sometimes have. And just, you know, and he reminded me in that he was the one who chose me. You see, and no specific order. I'm just going down what I read, okay? In my life, I had never felt the choosing of authority figures. People who could have loved on me, people who could have moved things for me, never did that. They never wanted to do anything. But God wanted to be a father. He said, I chose you. He is the same for you. He wants to do things for you as a father. You may not like it because you don't know how to approach him, but he's still, this call is still out there. I'm a father to you. I want to do things for you. I want to be. My father was not there, and my father was not bad. I remember one vacation, it was only me and my dad, and I had the blast. I could order anything I wanted. I could drink as many cups of soda I wanted. I could do whatever I wanted. It didn't matter. You know, but, but to me, it was very important that in all this, at this point in my life, I was an illegal immigrant in Kuwait. I was promised a job. I never got the job. Means I, the guy had to sign a paper and release me to the government and, because my job was with the government, and he didn't. And at this point of my life, I've given up. I have two degrees, and I'm basically jobless, and I'm an illegal immigrant in Kuwait. I'm standing at this place where my life is, all the hopes and dreams are basically just diminished and bleak. Nothing. Nothing. Okay? And in this, this is what he tells me. He had a vision, direction, and a future for me. Can you imagine how important that is? 
when I cannot see what God has for my life, he's reminding me through another man who doesn't know me at all and telling me, he's like, hey, I have dreams for you. I have a vision for you. You're going to do this. Nothing in that moved me. I'll tell you back again to this place because the first word, word that he gave me was, I have chosen you as my chalice. As a Catholic boy, that chalice meant the world to me because the chalice was what the king drank from. I would always be in his hand. So that chalice wanted to carry an offering worthy of the king. Your offering that you bring in your vessel has to be worthy of a king. Anything less is not good enough. If you knew it was less or it was bad, why would you serve it to him? I just give you a flat soda when you come to my house, and I say, oh, it's still in the Coca-Cola bottle, but it's flat. It has nothing. I'm giving you an offertory that is basically useless. It doesn't even have life in it. But here I am, that chalice. You know why? Because he would put his lips on me. That's all. Everything else, it didn't matter. You could put chat GPT, how to become an apostle, and they'll tell you. And I don't care about it. I don't care. The titles didn't matter. Just saying that I would be a chalice in his hand, that his lips would touch me. Kiss me with the lips. Kiss me with your lips, Lord. That's what I wanted. Till today, that's all I need. This cross has to be a memory of that, that he died, that he wanted you. If you made it anything else, then that's what you have assumed or you have learned from Christ, which is not what he thought. Christ basically wants you to be his anointed little ones. That's what the technical term is. The Christians basically is Christ, Christos, Kian. So Christ and little ones who are anointed, anointed little ones. That's what it is. Let me Sorry, I confused you. Yeah. Christianos is basically broken up into two words, Christ and Tien, which means anointed and little. So in putting it together, Christians, little anointed ones. That's what you are. You are little anointed ones. When you don't see your worth because of that cross, you have the anointing. You have that. And anointing doesn't only mean to do the works of God. Anointing means to be like Christ. Ephesians 5 verse 1 and 2 basically says, be imitators of Christ like I am of him. Who are you imitating? Are you imitating, you know? My father is good, and I'm, he's not a hurtful person. Out of that relationship, I react to every relationship. When my father hurts me, all I know is to create hurt. Just hurt, hurt, say things which are rude, say things which are horrible. We basically have to come into that place where our Father, we receive the love of the Father. That's what in this world, this was just the beginning of my Christian walk. It says here, 1997. That's when I got saved. That December, I was not yet saved. That December, I got saved. That night, I cried. I don't even remember the carpet. The carpet was green. The couch was green with white. And it was very funny that you said this, that David's seed will never see lack. Because when we never had money, we opened the bottom of the carpet and we found money, not carpet, of the sofa, and we found money to buy bread. You know, the Arabic bread comes in packets, they're five pieces, and we bought a can of uh, tuna. And we never were hungry one day. 
That's the glory of God. He would not give you what? The fancy food or something, but he'd never keep you hungry. I have news for you. You, you think that, hey, no, he is like this. No, if you trust him, he will provide. He'll send ravens. He'll do what? But I want you to feel that this love, like when we came into this place, you know, even when Alan and all were there, the presence of God was here. Because he promises that when two or three of you gather in my name, I'll be there. We just have to have that understanding that, hey, he's here. Now, how do I come in? We, we have made it so comfortable. Hey, come in as you are. Bring your coffee. Bring your cookie. Bring whatever. But, hey, you're coming to a king. What are you bringing him? You know? So, so to me, hmm, I believe that God wants you to know him more. And I believe that in the finality of it is that you may be like him. But right now, I feel if you do not know him and you want him, if you have never heard the gospel the way it was and you want him, I'm putting out a message to you. Come. That's what Pastor Lena was saying. Come. Come back home. I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't even try to look to prepare my message for who's the crowd, what. I just knew in my heart that the message of the cross has to be preached. A right gospel has to be declared. And so people with every wrong kind of thought, every foolishness, have to be basically listened to the word one time, that this is the gospel. He died on the cross for you. He didn't promise you other than life. He didn't promise you anything. Gold and silver have I none. But what I have in Jesus, I give to you. I have life and life eternal. That's what Jesus has. So if you want to know him, if there was any wrong communication of how you received the gospel and how you even came to Jesus, I want you to know this word. Just. And then that's the first one. The second one is if you now want to know him into what he wants you to be what he wants to reveal himself for you, what he wants to show you, what's he going to be for you at this time. So just stand up with me right now. Jesus. Just call his name, Jesus. This beautiful name, minute you take it, the anointing comes. The anointing runs down your head. Every eye, every dry eye, suddenly becomes moist because they don't know why they're feeling the presence of God. It's because his name is Jesus, Christ crucified for you, that you may be able to feel the presence of God, that you may be able to know him. So, Lord, just right now, O oh God, every person in this place, O oh God, we ask you to come, O oh God, and minister to them, Holy Spirit. Just every person, O oh God, just release your presence. We cannot grow one hair on our head, but you are able to grow, bring back the dead to life. Jesus, come. Yeah, if you have a desire to know him, just turn. Yeah, just put your hands up if you have a desire to know him. There's no, you want to know him rightly, and he more than willing wants to show you who he is. Just more. Come, Lord, just more. Yeah, 
You're not a God who's only worried about our comforts, O God. You're worried about every part of us foundationally that is wrong. Every part of us that was hurt, every trauma that was in our lives. Right now, I break that spirit of trauma. It doesn't matter what. If people took advantage of you, it doesn't matter what. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, I want you to look at this cross right now. Unoffendable. He was unoffended by the ones who struck him, by the ones who pulled his beard, by the ones who poked him, by the ones who just made mockery of him. Every time that you were made mockery of, are you ready to forgive those people? Are you ready to forgive those people? Are you ready to forgive those people? This is your call to gospel right now. You can turn down this gospel. You can turn down this gospel, but right now is where you are going to start forgiving people. So, Lord, even right now, every spirit of trauma associated with that that tries to bind them in, oh God, every spirit of shame, oh God, we come against it, oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. And we just release, oh God, just release, just release, freely give. Just freely give it to him. Say, Lord, I forgive them, oh God. Lord, I forgive them, oh God. Lord, I forgive them, oh God. Yeah, yeah, rough situations also. Lord, I forgive them, oh God, that I may receive, oh God, what you have for me, what you have for me, oh God. So right now, oh God, just release it, oh God. Just release it, oh God. Just more, just more. Yeah, yeah. The love of God will never fail you. If you have felt the lack of love of God in your life, if you have questions that, oh, I'm not sure whether God really loves me, I'm not sure whether he's really there for me, and I'm not sure whether he even listens to me, change that, Lord. Just change that, Lord, right now. Just change that. Every person in this place is a little Christian, oh God. Every person in this place is anointed, oh God. Every person in this place. So you cannot curse yourself with your curses. Every anointed curses, we bring it to nothing, oh God. Every self-worth, oh God, that is demeaned, oh God. That, Lord, we bring it to nothing, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. With the power of God, we break it, oh God, right now. You will amount to all that God has called for your life. You will not fall short of the mark. You will hit the mark again and again and again because that is the destiny of God for your life. Even you cannot get in the way. With your tongue is the only way you can get in the way. Uh-huh. Stop that tongue. Lord, we repent of our tongue, O oh God, that just goes at 100 miles an hour, O oh God. And we just say, O oh God, wrong things, O oh God. All these anointed curses against ourselves, O oh God. Because we are the anointed ones, O oh God, and our words, O oh God, carry weight, O oh God. So will our prayers, O oh God. So we just break it off, O oh God, right now. Just right now, we just break it off, O oh God.